Welcome to the Strong Single and Human podcast, a real look at single parenting, how to navigate the ups and downs of life with kids on your own while keeping sane. We cover all manner of subjects from domestic violence, dealing with childhood trauma, through to fussy eaters and how to help your kids become resilient. I'm your host, Claire Martin. Welcome. This week's guest, Rihanna Milne, is a global certified life dating and relationship coach with over 23 years of research and experience working with trauma. Her passion for counselling started as a dean and she later obtained her master's degree in applied clinical counselling psychology from Rowan University and then gained an education as a certified clinical trauma professional and developed coaching courses for both singles and couples within the straight and LGBT plus communities. Rihanna's coaching programs have helped individuals to overcome past unhealed and unconscious childhood and love traumas that have sabotaged their relationships, limited emotional availability and caused various emotional triggers to repeatedly impact them in life and in love. Her dating to mating system for singles and the relationship rescue coaching program for couples use a holistic individualized coaching approach that focuses on emotional, physiological and spiritual well-being. Rihanna has made it her mission to gather science-based research answers and help those who have been through emotional and psychological abuse from their partners. Her research and education have now touched millions of people worldwide. This is the Strong, Single and Human podcast. Hi, welcome Rihanna to the to the podcast. Thanks for coming on board. Hey, Claire. Thank you. It's nice to be here. Yeah, no, thank you. So, wow. <laughs> Big intro. You've done lots of things. Um, how, how did you get to where you are, right? How did you get to helping people overcome their traumas. Yeah. It kind of went back to when I was a kid at 16 and I uh, lost my very dear childhood friend who was killed by a drunk driver. So I'd asked my wow. mom if I could go to counseling to help handle the grief. And she said, no one in this family will ever go to counseling. So I said, then I will grow up to become one. So that was my goal from 16 on to go to counseling and be a counselor wow. one day, which took a master's degree but I did go to Penn State first for broadcast communications. And the way that I was healing over my friend's loss was reading the mindset masters. So Tony Robbins, Deepak Chopra, the Dalai Lama, Wayne Dyer, Marianne Williamson. These were the books that I was reading. So I got a very early education on mindset and spirituality, which I loved. Um, and then when I was at Penn State, as I was leaving, my roommate was one year younger than me. And she happened to be murdered by her boyfriend. So it uh, he was very toxic. I had gotten her away from him and then I left and then she ended up going back to him. 
And um, that was a big loss again. So I kind of witnessed that I will never be in a domestic violence type situation. And lo and behold, the man I married from Penn State was, um, you know, toxic. So I didn't stay in that marriage very long. Um, so that's a little bit of history there. And I opened up actually a model and talent agency at age 26, had that for 10 years, sold that off. And then about that time, I went back for my master's and got it in counseling psychology, started year 2000. So it's been 23 years I've been a therapist. And when coaching came out and there was certification in coaching, I signed up right away in 2009 and 10 because I love the coaching model. It's more educational. It's more solution focused. It's dealing with what you're going on with right now and finding the solutions and pushing you forward into a more confident, empowered life. So that was really more the model I related to. And then years later, I had another toxic person and decided to do some research on what was causing this because nothing was learned in the triple masters about childhood trauma. That term was not even mentioned, nor love trauma. And uh, that's what made me create in 2012, the childhood trauma checklist for my clients. And that was based on many years of experience from about 10, 11 years working with kids of trauma. You know, so whether it was in the mental health ward I worked in for those five to 19, drug and alcohol facilities with women from the prison system. And there was one for adolescents I worked in. And then I worked in the schools with grades kindergarten through college, every grade level as a SAC counselor, student assistance counselor. You know, I was hearing young people talk about their traumas. So I created the list of the top 10 traumas that I kept hearing over and over again, despite the age, uh, the culture, the situation, the race, it didn't really matter, straight or LGBTQ, the same childhood traumas kept coming up. So that's how I got into the trauma work. And that was for my own healing and moving forward. And would you say like... <laughs> I was going to say 100%, but would you say like 95% of people have experienced a trauma? Uh, 100% of people have. That was yeah. discovered in okay. 2021. Um, yeah, when I was. Okay, first, that's good. I'm glad you would say that. Because yeah. <laughs> that's my view. research. It was came up at 90% could admit it or find in the top 10 list that, yes, they, they appeal to about, about, you know, one to three of them at least. But most people fall in the range of four to six. Wow. Mm -hmm. That's that's still quite a lot, though. Four to six is, this is out of 10, yeah? Yes. Mm -hmm. So four to six is like, it's quite a lot, really. You would hope that it might only be one or two, but. Well, remember, this is all childhood experiences. So not just no. happening in the home. You could have had a perfect home life. But then maybe a date went really wrong or you bullied at school or you felt different in your school because you weren't, you know, you might have been the only African-American in all Caucasian school. So there's different ways that this gets to you. It's not just family oriented. Wow. Yeah. OK. Yeah. Like you might talk a different you might have a different accent or yes. whatever. So, yeah. Uh -huh. OK. So like I'm going to have to ask it. 
because I'm sure everyone's sitting there going, well, what are these 10? Yeah, of course. And top 10 traumas. <laughs> okay, so, what so are they? before I go into them, one, this is not about blame or shame. So we're not looking to blame your parents in this part of your life. And it's not about feeling ashamed that you've experienced them, right? So, I mean, mm. I was at the position of, I don't know what I don't know. So you can't change what you don't know or understand. That is my quote. So I needed to understand why was I attracting toxic people? What was going on within me? What was it something from my history or what is it? Why am I attracted to that? And really came all down to childhood trauma. So then, you know, I was starting to looking at that in my population I was treating and able to write up the list. So also it is proven that it goes through at least three generations. So if you're noticing in yourself, your parents also had it. And so did your grandparents. So this goes through that time. And I know that anyway. So that's fair enough. Yes. Uh, But I got to agree with you, right? That was one of the questions that I asked when I had my son and I thought, oh my God, this is another toxic, traumatic relationship. And I've had some good ones, but I've also picked some doozies, right? (laughs) Um, I was a bit like you. Well, how do I stop the cycle? Right. And how do I ensure that my son, and I know he's going to go through trauma, bullying or whatever, but how do I stop my son from actually having too much trauma? Yeah. We call teaching the mindset. And even though my daughter's father was toxic and a fraud and a sociopath, um, yeah, he stole $200,000 from my mother. So it took me 16 years to pay that back. Um, so it was, you know, quite difficult being a single mom and, and still having that looming debt over my head and supporting them in the lifestyle I wanted. But being especially that they were daughters, I wanted them very strong, smart and empowered and to believe in themselves and their dreams. So teaching mindset to them, because I knew it so well, I'd studied it for so long before I had kids, almost 10 years, that I was teaching them since the very beginning and empowering them to live the life that they desire, right? So um, if you teach your kids early enough that it will work to stop the cycle. But let's go into the top 10 traumas. Here we go. Yeah, we'll get into that, the rest of that later. (laughs) Yeah, so the first one is if you grew up with any addiction in the home. So there is drugs, alcohol, sex, meaning you knew your parent was a cheater, porn use, gambling, hoarding, spending, gaming, TV watching, uh, gaming, um, social media addiction, or just being on your computer, and workaholism. So there's the 12 that I name. The second one is any um, verbal messaging that is negative or put downs. So also, if you don't hear the words, I love you. So I'm not getting any compliments. Um, it also is the way that your parents solved issues. If they were yelling at each other all the time, you may tend to be a yeller. Or if you tried to stop the fighting and you got punished harshly, you learned, I just have to be quiet if there's if someone's upset. So that person tends to be passive aggressive, right? They don't want to talk when the other one's upset. They won't say anything and they might shut down for hours or days. So that's where that behavior comes from. So that's number two. Number three is emotional abuse and neglect. Number four is any physical abuse, rape, or molestation inside or outside of the home. 
And physical abuse, do you mean like, and I'm going to go there, people, uh, spat, smacking or anything yeah. like that? Does that cover off physical abuse yeah. as well? Okay. Yeah, very. Uh, it's not yeah. like a little whack like on hitting the bottom, and, yeah. but, you know, yeah. like. But it's still. I had students still, tell me like, they were hit with electrical cords, spoons, a switch, which is a branch <sighs> off the tree, metal trucks on the genitals. I've heard it all. So anything, oh you know, God. there's this. <laughs> major line that you understand what is physical abuse and then a little spanking is something different. Okay. Although that's not the best way to discipline your child anyway. No, I've never <laughs> you know, done at all. You're child. teaching them to hit <laughs> and to hate you. Okay. Yeah. So, all right. The next one is abandonment. And I named two types. There's fault and no fault abandonment. So a no fault abandonment is, for example, a parent who might have died early or been deployed to serve their country in war and they're in another country for a long period of time. Um, it also could be a parent that is working out of the home and travels for long period of times to support the family. So those are all no fault. A fault abandonment. Go ahead. But you're saying with no fault, right? It's 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 not that a, uh, a parent would go to work that day, come back the evening, and that's the about it's for a longer period of time yeah. than like and it's not eight hours for malicious reasons it's because that's how yeah. they got the job yeah. to they have to they got to work yeah yeah so that's why it's not their fault that you know and children can kind of heal around that like my dad was fbi cia he was gone for days oh and i'd God. say that mom where's dad she goes well i don't know when's he coming home i don't know where he is so that leaves the child very anxious but he didn't tell her or the family what he was doing because it's secret, you know? Yeah, he can't. You can't. So there you go. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah. So that was. And so, so that's non. Yeah. So the other one is. The other one is fault abandonment. So that is never being involved in the child's life or being there until the couple breaks up. Then you rarely see them or you're promising to see them and you don't show up. And another uh, fault is really being in the home, but very emotionally detached from your children. So um, those are what we call fault abandonments. The next one is if you were part of the foster care system, uh, put up for adoption or had to go live in another people's homes because your parents couldn't take care of you. And Which I suppose is another form of abandonment to a certain extent. Yes. Isn't it? Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I walk, worked with the foster care kids in the hospital center. So I, I really connect with their pain there. All right. Trauma seven is personal trauma. And that's the one where we said that could very often be around school. So, you know, were you a chubby, overweight child and you were teased for that or skinny and smart and called a nerd or a different race or culture that moved in and you're not like the other kids. Uh, coming out as LGBTQ, teen, you know, and your peers don't accept you and your family don't accept you. So most people are, you were bullied. You know, just anything that made you feel different and all that social media pressure that's going on with our young people. Oh my God. They go through a lot. So trauma seven yeah. people can like, yep, I was there. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know? That's definitely a one yeah. for everyone. There you go. One is really yeah. simple. Then the next yeah. one's uh, trauma eight is sibling trauma. So either your sibling bullied you or you perceive them to be the golden child, the special one. So the smarter one, the, the more handsome or beautiful or the star athletes anywhere where they got more kudos from mom and dad, you know, and you felt a little left out. Trauma nine has two parts and actually trauma 11 used to be community trauma when I first wrote the list. 
Because back in 2012 and 2011, there was not a whole lot of community trauma. Now it's our biggest one. So the COVID pandemic falls under community trauma. Our big floods, fires, hurricanes that wipe out communities at large. Um, Here, like our mass shootings, our school shootings in the U.S. are so much. We just had another one yesterday. Oh, oh my God. Yeah, it's constant. Like it's just, yeah. And, yeah. you know, this is, uh, and nobody's doing it. And the frustrate and the frustration is nobody's really doing anything about it. Yeah. Um, the US is very- and everyone's, everyone's crying out for it from what I can, yeah. from what I can see. Do something. Um, yeah. 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 No, I know. That's <laughs> guess what? I'm in Australia, right? Mm-hmm. We don't have any because we don't have guns. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So anyway, we it's all right. stricter law. We will get there. Yeah. Um, so that was nine community, well, which was and like- the other part of nine is family trauma. So the family is impacted by these big community events, right? So that impacts the family. We have a lot of inflation going on that's impacting our families with job loss or struggling financially. Um, also, it's if a parent was incarcerated or if you grew up in a very dangerous neighborhood. Those are all family type traumas. You grow up with a lot of lack messages. We don't have the money for this bill or that bill. There's lack messages. And then trauma 10 is mental health issues and mom or dad. The two most difficult is bipolar and borderline personality disorder. So borderline is real erratic moods. When they're good, they're great. When they're bad, they're horrid. And a child never knows what they're to expect from a parent when they're opening up that door to come home from school. They don't know. And then bipolar is manic depressive, manic they people think it's the high and happy one. Well, sometimes for a short period of time, like a spending spree or a gambling binge. But once you lose money or don't have the money to pay the bills, then it enters into a depression. And that can come out as anger or checking out emotionally. So those are the top wow. 10. There's a lot there. There's a lot there. So no wonder, like I can see, I can understand how it can be four to six for majority of people. Yeah. Um, And how it would be horrendous if you were like the eight to 10, right? If you had experienced everything on that list. Those that have nine, eight, nine, and 10 and high severity levels, they can actually be on the sociopathic narcissistic range. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. so with this childhood trauma then, and these top 10 traumas, and I could see at least four, four in there that I would have experienced as a child, right? right. Um, how does that then go on to affect us as adults, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm thinking it's not just relationships it affects us in. Right. Well, I mean, every everywhere we're forming relationships, right? So it's personal relationships, it's work relationships, it, you know, we communicate, we are social beings. Yeah. Friendships and all of those. Our child relationships. So, yeah. As you become a yeah, parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Exactly. So, it's actually, right? so how does, yeah, there's actually how does it affect us? areas that are impacted by trauma. One is medical. Like a lot of people don't even think that, but irritable bowel syndrome, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, sleep disorders, eating disorders, cardiovascular and a big test with over 17,000 people showed those that with unhealed childhood trauma have a 10-year lighter life span shorter than those that have healed it because the stress is always up and the cortisol and the anxiety. So you carry that into adulthood with you if you don't heal trauma. 
And then there's emotional issues, relationship, the mental health. Hey, <laughs> hey, you know, like depression and anxiety, negative self-esteem and confidence, those kinds of things. And yeah. it does affect, you know, our behavior, how to cope with things. If you're high stress all the time, or if you have aggression or poor impulse control, and then there's two categories on this map that also impact kids. So poor learning, the ability to learn, poor, uh, smaller brain size, can't absorb um, their facts. You know, so a lot of these kids in high stress homes, they, um, you know, they were identified as ADHD and put on medication right away. And I was fighting that. I'm like, look, this kid's in a traumatic home. They may not have ADHD. I got to lower their cortisol. So I'm doing meditation in my office in the schools and positive behavioral modification charts and music therapy just to calm the cortisol and then they can learn. Yeah. So, yeah. And I, and I know, um, Gabba Mate, um, who's a Canadian physician yeah. and, and does a lot of work with trauma, mainly through his work with addicts. Yeah. But that's that's what he's saying is, you know, some of these issues that we're seeing are because our kids are in uh, our kids are traumatized, yes. our kids are in trauma environments and they're acting up and not being able to focus that's right. because of the trauma they're going through. Yeah. Which is sort of a no brainer. And, really, and it's but. a shame because here in the US, the SAC counselor is the first one to get laid off, but not the football coach. Then they wonder why they're having school shootings. You know, it's oh. like, hello, we should be the first to be hired for every school. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and I've had two, two counseling sessions or two big periods of my life where I went through and did counseling. And I think everyone needs well, to do it, right? You know, we everyone. all go through hard because... times. So it's good to have support during that time. I would say you shouldn't be stuck in counseling forever, just as a pattern of going, you know, or getting your coaching. But, you know, my coaching programs are four to six months, but they're a program with a notebook, 150 page notebook. And we work as a team, you know, to heal childhood and love trauma. And then they're ready to go. They're out the door. They, you know, don't need to continue after they've got the, the tools that they need. Yeah. And no, I think you, if, if you're in a position where you're mm -hmm. stuck, and you can't move backwards, forwards, left, right, whatever, then you're needing somebody just to yeah. come in and be outside of your situation to say, well, mm -hmm. hang on a minute, because you're just overthinking. Being a woman, being a woman, we tend to overthink and overthink well, and overthink. Do it too. We call um, that rumination. Wow. Yeah. yeah, there we go. There we go. So, so okay. So did we cover off all the seven? All ten. Did you uh, cover yes, off on the map? Yes. No, we all cover off 10 promise. traumas, but the yes. seven effects. Yeah. Yep. 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 And, but the seven actual effects on our lives as adults. Um, okay. I thought you said, did you well, say there seven? Was brain development for children and cognition for kids. So, and, and, and women and men also have problem focusing if they're in high trauma states as well. But yeah. The other yeah. five were yeah. behavioral, mental health, relationship, emotions, and then uh, physical health. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Now that's we break right. it down into relationships and we go a little bit deeper. Yeah. Right. Well, this, okay, let's do that then because the reason I, um, the reason I'm asking about this is because like at the end of the day, there's so many people 
who are single parents, male and female. It's just not like, it's just not female. And I know in the news and in the media, it's very much domestic violence against women and all of this stuff, right? But it does happen to men and um, their trauma may be different and different situations that they're dealing with. Um, But like a lot of the time, you, you've been in a traumatic relationship. You've been in a few, right? And you're a counsellor and know all about this stuff, right? So, you know, you've healed and gone well, through sure all of that. And not in any more, hopefully. <laughs> no, and I don't stay. I mean, that was a long exactly. time ago and until I, I did the research that gave yeah. me the answers I needed. Then I turned around exactly. and helped everybody exactly. else through that. And I went on for CCTP, which is Certified Clinical Trauma Professional Advanced Level. So, yeah, I'm teaching, you know, some really great tools for those that have been through emotional, you know, relationships. So let's get into this relationship malarkey then. So, like, can you can you heal this trauma? I know you're trying to heal people's traumas, but can you heal it so that you can? And I'm doing air air quotes here, but have a normal, healthy. Yes. positive, supportive relationship. Definitely. Uh, That's what my method does. And it's been proven for years and I've helped thousands over the years. So it's really wonderful to help change lives. So the first thing is the desire to do that, right? So, you know, committing yourself to the learning process and being open-minded, open-hearted to learning it and practicing the tools that I give you. So practice then stops the subconscious acting out behaviors that are part of what we call norms. They're just normalized behavior, but they're not working for you. And then the second part is really recognizing what is emotionally healthy, conscious and aware love and not settling for less. So those are the two steps. But how does this show up in relationships? So people said, okay, how does this impact me? I've had these things as a kid, but how does it show up in love? So let's get clear on that. So the first thing is, you know, if there's jealousy and control of your partner, that would point to the fact that they probably had trauma to verbal messaging that was not positive, like change your outfit, you look fat in that, or I'm not investing in college, I'm not wasting my money on you, things like that. Wow. Yeah. Or and in combination trauma seven, where you didn't feel good enough. So that bullying or feeling different. So those two in combination often leads to jealousy and control. And I have to say, right, I come from the UK, so a lot of the time, and I'm a 70s baby, mm-hmm. right, so, you know, um, a lot of the time, nobody knew any of this in the 70s, right? And so right. a lot of the time in the 70s, it would be like, oh, stop crying, stop being a baby, stop, you know, um, and to boys, boys were told, like, don't cry like a, stop screaming like yeah. a girl or whatever. And so that, so is that sort of yeah, that's verbal, potentially? Yeah, that's verbal, put, verbal messaging, yeah. So, yeah, no, exactly. And that it would have happened to all yeah. of us. Anyone who comes from the 70s would have gone, oh, yeah, that happened yeah, to us. For sure. Well, it's we didn't amazing. also hear the words, I love you. I mean, I sure didn't. I was on the beach with like 10 yeah. people from my generation, and they all said, we did not hear the words, I love you. So that was very common for us growing up in the 70s, born in the 50s. Um, okay, so impulsivity is one that usually comes from lack. So if you grow up with lack and you didn't have the things that you desired when you were an adult and you have the money coming in, you may like say, I'm getting the shiny red sports car. 
I don't care what my husband says. We'll deal with it later. I'm just coming home with it. <laughs> you know, that's impulse. Impulse is also what causes cheating. So anyone that's cheating out there, that points to unhealed childhood trauma for sure. You need the attention. You can't, you don't have the ability to speak your feelings to your partner. So instead you find somebody else that is making you feel good because your, your self-love is low. So impulse is big. Women tend to do a lot of people pleasing. That's another one. So let's say a young girl grew up with an alcoholic mother to keep the peace. She got the kids ready for school, pack their lunches, get them to the bus. So the mother wouldn't be screaming at her with a hangover. And then she learned, I get love, you know, when I'm doing a lot for the difficult person. That's when she'll get love. So this is the woman I hear in a marriage saying, I do everything for my husband and my kids. They do nothing for me. Nobody loves me, right? Because her boundaries are so stretched, trying to please and please to get love back. And then they never totally feel that. Do you think society has perpetuated that to a certain extent as well, though, in that they um, they have said, oh, the wife stays at home, the wife looks after the husband, the husband goes. I mean, you know, 50s and 60s, yeah. that was very much the case. And, and, and to a certain extent, the 70s, it only really started to change right. in the 80s and 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't believe we're talking 50 years ago now, 50, 60 years ago. It's still quite close, right? But like, um, so do you think society has perpetuated that as well? And that we're now Well, it's, again, if someone up growing up in a difficult household, it could be a little boy with a father that would beat him. So instead, the boy would do all the chores around the house just so dad would say nice job and not yelling at him that day. So it's a people pleasing thing, but it tends to be a lot of females do that. Anyone that grew up with abandonment issues, they're going to have usually codependent relationships. Um, Anxiety when your partner leaves, tend to be clingy, um, doesn't feel much self-empowerment, you know, so they're looking to their partner to help them or fix them. Um, Perfectionism is another one. Blurting out behavior, blurting out uh, verbal messages that are not appropriate. We have a politician here in the U.S. that did that all the time, <laughs> and he comes from an. Oh, alcohol- does his name begin with a T? Yeah. He <laughs> comes from an alcoholic tyrant father. I know his whole biography, so it's really interesting wow. to see. It's like shocking comments, and that's a clear sign of unhealed childhood trauma. Um, narcissism wow. comes from this as well as sociopathy. So um, there's a lot more combinations, but these are some of the things that are evident. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh! But it's well, it's just frightening. It's frightening. So, okay, so so I'm assuming then from what you were saying previously, right? The first point is to be aware mm-hmm. that you have childhood trauma. Yeah. To be aware you have childhood trauma, and to start to do something about it. So is that stopping and recognizing toxic thoughts and toxic well, you know, emotions really that working with you? a trauma certified coach would be the first step or counselor if you're certified. No, okay. Um, because there's a lot of tools. It is a mental health issue. You know, there's a lot of wannabe coaches that come out and says, like, well, I went through trauma, so I'm going to teach trauma healing. It's not the same. It is a mental health issue. Um, you know, there's high suicidology in this population as well. You know, ongoing anxiety, bouts of depression. This is mental health issues, post-traumatic stress disorder for any woman that has been cheated on, ripped off, 
you know, frauded like I was. I mean, it's really hard to stay focused. And thank God I had the mindset work I did when that happened to me at 25 years old, um, that I could still run a business. You know, I opened up a business at 26, my model and talent school and agency with just my first month's rent. I had to be able to focus and create a whole business out of nothing, you know, so that's what I did. So it's not easy. Um, but that's what I do as a life coach. I look at all life areas. Do you want to do, lose weight? Do you have to learn to save money? What are your goals and dreams for business? I help you with that. So we look at the entire life wheel and then start creating the life they do desire and getting them over the fears and the doubts of those ruminating thoughts. Like I can't do it. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. You know, those the things. Yes. Mm -hmm. Cause it's that internal voice. Yes. Um, and I've just been listening to a podcast about, um, the various different effects of and various different voices that we have in us because we don't just have one apparently yeah. um but it's those internal eternal voices that actually um can affect and stop us from progressing in work oh, absolutely. Um, can affect us from yeah earning money can affect us from um because if we've been told i suppose to shut up as a child mm -hmm. and stay quiet and to learn to do that then that's what you do in the work environment. And that's what you would do in a relationship right. or whatever, or with friends, yeah. right? You just like go, okay, well, I'm giving up here and I'm going to shut up. Yeah. Because no research or whatever. Eight out of 10 people have eight out of 10 negative thoughts. So until you change those subconscious <sighs> thoughts, that self-talk in your head tends to be very negative. Um, so we change it and we barely have a negative thought. If we do, we cap and correct it right away. You know, we live very consciously aware so that we think what we do say, text, write anyone. It's always what is the, you know, is this good for me and the other, the other person, the other partner, the child, you know, you're always thinking before you act. That's living in conscious awareness. And most of us do not. 95% of the population do not. I completely agree. I completely agree. And sometimes, sometimes it's good to actually just sit there and, because you've got to recognize what you're actually going mm -hmm. through um, and what that is, whether that's your anxiety, whether you're feeling not listened to, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of different things um, so that, um, yeah, so that you can sit it and go, okay, this is, you've got to own your emotion, haven't yes. you? You've got to own it and recognize it and then change it. Ooh. And I suppose the more and more you practice that, the quicker and quicker you yeah, get. Yeah, there's it. a whole lot of mindset that I teach. I mean, you choose to live in the, the light or you live in the dark side. And when you're living in the light, this is where joy and peace and contentment and passion and, and joy and work, that's all there. But And we're mostly always there 98% of the time, but we also understand the challenge will come up. But it doesn't freak us out because in Buddhism, we call this the earth school. We're supposed to be challenged, right? So it's like, oh, okay, so this is not working. What can I do different? What's my plan A, my plan B, my plan C? Um, or let me try plan A. If that doesn't work, I'm going to try this second. You know, so it doesn't freak us out where other people would say, why me? You know, and they're the victim. Yeah. The world's yeah, against you know, me. And like, why? Oh, nothing ever goes right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. Um, 
But it does take time to get to that yes, point, it does. doesn't it? It's not like an overnight no. thing. And it is a constant work in progress. Yes. And uh, constant. when they think they're doing better, you know, it takes a while, like 30 days to break a bad habit, 30 to make a good one. Me as the coach still has to see the nuances of them going back into the comfortable norm that they were used to. So even like in part two, when my singles are out there dating, I'm like, do you see that you're attaching to this person right away? You think he's like the one yet we made a profile of exactly who you want. This guy's got kids every other day. He's got young kids. You don't want anyone with young kids. So I have to point out where she's again, compromising just to get love. And I said, are you seeing this? She goes, yeah, I see it now. Right. So it's my job as a good coach to check her on those things and then change it up for her and give him her the exercise of what she has to do differently. Yeah. And so if you're going out and you're single and you've come out from a toxic relationship, at like it's good to give yourself a rest, one, because it gives you a chance to then recognize all of this. But then if you were now going to start dating, right, then would we be going into um, make a list of who you want, make a list of what you want and who you well, want so that you can let's then... Let's go backwards a little bit. I have a top 10 checklist on my website, which is my name, rihannamilne.com, and it's the fourth free love test. And one is for singles. Are you really ready to date is the name of it. And you have to go through that checklist. You need an eight, nine, and 10 to feel like you are the whole package before you go out there dating. So if well, they, I'm going to go on, I'm going on there now. <laughs> so if they're not coming up eight, nine, or 10, that is our roadmap to help get you there. Then you start dating. That's why our dating piece is not until part two. We got to heal the childhood trauma, the love trauma that just occurred. It's not about just taking time off and sitting around and reading self-help books. No, you want to come in and get your trauma healing program done and then really consciously choose who you're dating and know why you're selecting them or not. You know, and then you've got the education of who's toxic and who's not, and you'll know exactly why. So it's not chemistry. Yeah. You know, that's what people choose a partner on. Oh, he's hot. She's hot. Let's date. No, no. it has to be based no. on a lot of other factors. And that's what has to be taught, you know. And I'm yeah. And I, I, yeah, I always say if you're dating someone and there's issues going on, I go, well, would you want your friend to date them? <laughs> would you be saying, hey, because normally we give great advice to right. our friends. But um, we don't take the advice ourselves. So it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> so so if people want to know more about everything you do, right, they go to your website. Yeah. So and, and are you on the socials oh, as yeah. well? I'm all over every social media. But start at my website, RihannaMilne.com, because you have the four free love tests. And one of them is the childhood trauma checklist. So if you weren't able to write it down, you can get it for free right off my website. Second, yeah, and I'll put the stuff down. It's a there. free ebook, How to Have the Love You Deserve. So get that. Under the books are the first 60 pages of my number one bestseller, Love Beyond Your Dreams Break Free of Toxic Relationships to Have the Love You Deserve. And the one on mindset is Live Beyond Your Dreams From Fear and Doubt to Personal Power, Purpose, and Success. And they are written to go together because when you have mindset, you will have healthy love. 
You can't just get the tips on love and have an unhealthy mindset. It won't work. So they're meant to get together. Yeah, they go in hand yeah. in hand. That's right. That's right. And then, well, look, thank yeah, you. Yeah, I have a podcast too, thank Claire. You, for you know, they should know about that. That's called Lessons in Life and Love with Coach Rihanna Mill. And I have 119 shows. So you can get them at any podcast channel and also on my YouTube channel. Yeah, no. And yeah, there's a lot on your YouTube yeah. channel. I've already, yeah, I've been on there and had a look around. It's all Thank good. Um, so look, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, look, thank you for today. Yeah. Um, it's great. I wish I could talk to you longer. It's so great to talk to you. Um, look, a final sure. question, final question, because I'm just interested in this is my own personal interest. What piece of advice has somebody given you? that you still use today? Okay. Well, that would be from my father um, when I was 16 and I was sad over all this going on and, you know, what was I going to do with my future and all that? And he always said, "Hun, if you have the five D's, you can do anything. And from that, oh I have expanded God. them to eight. So the eight D's that my dad said, if you have them, you will be successful and you will be happy. So the first one is decide what you really want and really commit to that. So decision is number one. Second is desire it more than anything else. You know, think about it, plan on it, set goals around it. Dedication, follow through. Start a goal, follow through on it. Next one is determination. No matter what anybody else says, they're determined to make it, you will. And usually it's your friends and family that doubt you the most. So you've got to be stronger than the naysayers out here. Next one is devotion, which is a spiritual faith that you can do it. I am faith-based, spiritually based, so I count on God to help me through things. Next one is, he said, dare to dream and dream big, baby. So, you know, <laughs> dare to dream. That's the, the fifth one he named. Then after that, I added drive because there's times when you're working 14, 16, 18-hour days, and it's just pure drive to keep you going, to meet a deadline, yeah. to get out I or agree. finish to so drive's important and the discipline you know i'm thinking when i was writing love beyond your dreams it's 400 pages weekend after weekend that was my writing time like it is discipline come on, Rihanna, yeah. come on out I'd and play it, and i'm like yeah not nah, 10 minutes yeah <laughs> Discipline. Yeah, whether it's 10 minutes a day with to say if you want to lose weight you just go right every day mm -hmm. i'm going to exercise whether it's 10 minutes 20 minutes half an hour an hour whatever i can yeah. get and it is, it's just that dedication. So that's really important. My clients all learn that lesson and that's part of recreating the life that they desire. And then once they have the life they desire, they feel like the whole package. They are ready. They're hitting eight, nines and tens on that checklist. Then they're getting out there and dating and they know exactly who they're looking for. They know the 24 questions to ask so they can identify on date one or two. Is this person right for me or not right for me? And they know why. So knowledge is power and wonderful about yourself before you get out there and date is, is critical as well. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I agree. Fab. Thank You're you. Welcome. Thank you so much for today. Um, yeah, look, I, wow. Let's see if we can get you back. <laughs> there must be some other, there must be some other things we can talk to you about and delve into to uh, start to, <laughs> No, oh, I can imagine. And then you have your wonderful daughter as well. So your wonderful daughter, she's on Instagram as That's well. And her name 
Alexi, that's right. I actually have two daughters, but Alexi is in the coaching field. Yes. Uh, Very, very successful. Talks around a lot of Australia, New Zealand. Um, And she learned mindset with her husband. She was five years old. And yeah, and like she reached a lot of dreams. Uh, At 15, she wanted to be a singer. She ended up singing with one of the top American artists, is on three multi platinum CDs as a singer. And she wanted to be a TV host. Well, gee, she's a TV host. And she wanted to put water wells in Africa. Now they have her and her best friend, Tanil. They have, I think, 21 working water wells all over Africa. And she started that at age 20. So if you can teach your kids mindset young, once you know it and learn it, you can change this whole pattern that tends to go through families. So. No, exactly. Exactly. It does. It does make such a difference. Fab. Well, we gave, we gave her a plug as well. There we go. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> I'll put her, I'll put her details on the podcast um, blurb as well. So that if anyone wants to go and see her, they can, but look, thank You're you. Welcome. I know you've got to rush off. Um, so I'll let All you go. Right. And um Hopefully we'll speak yeah, soon. Yeah, I love that. Well, thank you so much, Claire. It was really fun. I hope we got some really great information out for our listeners. If I can be of any help, just reach out to me, rihannamilne.com. I'm there for you. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast and you would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you would like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family. And finally drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content you want to hear just like this. If you want to check out our past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast or for links, resources and show notes, go to our website www.strongsingleandhuman.com We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey and Twitter. I hope you have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one is perfect. We're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.